Welcome to the Growing Green Landscapes Podcast with Jeremiah Jennings. While still in his early 20s, Jeremiah already runs a successful six-figure lawn maintenance company. Listen in as he and his guests share the things that have brought them success that can help you in your business. As a young entrepreneur in the green industry, Jeremiah emphasizes the tips and tricks involved in running a lawn maintenance business while discussing the principles applying to all small businesses. If you're wanting to grow, become profitable and professional, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings. We are coming to you from sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. We're at the Green Industry Hype House 2022. It's an honor to be here, and I am joined with some very, very special guests in John Pajak and Caleb Allman from the Kid Contractor Podcast, and I am super excited to have them on. Uh, how y'all doing today, guys? Good, man. What's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying this weather right here. Sitting poolside in the shade because it's too hot in the sun. <laughs> yeah. We've been seeing all these stories from everybody's getting, what, like a foot of snow right now? Yeah. My wife sent me a picture, and I'm like, yeah, that's a foot. I'm not home. Yeah. It's I've, okay. I have no interest <laughs> to be there. Caleb, Caleb's lucky he doesn't have to do any snow plowing anymore. So. Nope. John's in North Indiana, Southeast Ohio, and mm. I haven't seen what we have got. Well, actually, the – the radar is looking like we got a bunch of rain, so that's all rain. Rain, just bunch and bunch of rain is supposed to turn into ice at some point. So that's going to be pretty ugly. We'll see what that see what that looks like. But yeah, we don't do any snow or ice management or anything. So I'm my guys are just happened the way things worked out here. My guys are laid off for a couple weeks, so they're just kind of catching their breath here before we start up mid February here and, and get back to hammering. So we're just kind of just how long in did a you do pattern. snow in your business? Well, that was the problem. We always we were never fully immersed in snow. We always uh, just, I always just had my toe in it. And I, I have never owned a plow on any of my, any of my stuff. Really? And you never owned a plow? Never owned a plow. So I was either trying to always coordinate a subcontractor to get my, my plow accounts done, which was a nightmare and a disaster generally. And uh, then we go around and do detail work and salting and all that stuff behind them. That, that's back when I was trying to do it under, under my company, my first venture. And uh, we, it just just had my toe in, and it wasn't it wasn't enough. I should have had a plow on a truck so I could handle things myself and not worry about a you know a sub getting to it on his time after yeah. he handled his stuff. And uh, and I, I burned a lot of relationships, you know, with people I committed to do snow that we didn't get there till the very tail end of the storm, and you know, it just just you think if you would have had a plow, you would have stuck with it. I don't know, man. I really don't know what would have happened. It probably would have been the same trajectory. I just got would have got burned out and sick of it, and. You underpriced it and all that, you know, going through it or in my first venture. Uh, but it's it's hard to say what, yeah. you know, what trajectory things are. But I think ultimately, because I started driving, even when I was rebuilding our first comp, our second company, rebuilding the, rebuilding the company, whatever you want to call it, um, we I was driving for a guy through the winter, and I, I did that two winters, and I just dreaded the phone call. Yeah. You know you know the weather's starting to turn crappy, and you're just always waiting on that call to, all right, come on in. And I just – I hated that. I got enough stress and problems, and I, I don't need to be just waiting on a phone call like that. I just don't like being on call 24 hours a day for five months. I well, just, and yeah. first-hand example of that is Sean and Savannah had to leave their vacation to go back and do – and they, now they have a great snow business up there in Ohio, but that's huge what – monumental storm is what they're saying yeah they're up in canton which is northeast north uh yeah northeast ohio and and worse they're supposedly going to get a bunch of snow up yeah. there and uh, yeah i mean you're just married to it man yeah. mm-hmm. and like i said people i know guys that bass fish all summer and as soon as the first frost the trucks are on idling ready to go they can't wait yeah. yeah and that's just it's just what you're into not for me i mean that's why we stopped doing it a while ago just because i got tired of doing the being on call 24-7, it's not fun. One, the, the, the deciding factor for me was every time there was an event of importance, like my daughter's birthday or Christmas or yeah. any of the holidays that happened during the cold season, it would snow and there'd be a huge storm. And then during the times when it was like, okay, let it snow, it was it's, it was either feast or famine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, the, just being on call 24-7 is... Not a uh, not ideal. I did it for fifth, uh, probably fifteen years or so. I can't even remember anymore. But uh, it you can generate quite a bit of money doing it, Dude, especially it's crazy. If, especially if you're uh, prepared properly. Yeah. Um, 
but you know it's labor intensive and there's a lot of hours that need to be put in you never know you, it's very difficult to tell when you have an event how long it's actually going to take you to clear it mm-hmm. because there's so many variables mm. so it's not for everybody you know the the guys that live for it you know they're dialed in that's how they make that's what they make their money on uh, there's two places out in uh new york and jersey new jersey i know some guys that, and, oh in chicago too um there's three companies that i know they don't do anything else except for snow and ice management hmm. so they're they just do that year, yeah full, that that's all time. they do yeah. that's all they do they don't offer services they're they're setting up their contracts during the summer yeah, t- yeah. spring and summer preparing so like right after the season ends they're already working on projecting their contracts and numbers and getting all their sales done early mm-hmm. so that's how they are wired they don't wait till the last minute they are like this is their full-time job and that's it hmm. Yeah, and you can have it. Yeah, <laughs> I just like that. Actual, no pl- actual plowing is fun. Actual yeah. plowing of the driving a truck or a skid steer, and it's fun. It's just hour twelve plus. Like, I was just, you know, I was just gonna yeah. say, like, yeah, I agree with you to a point, especially when you're younger. But man, when you hit, when you hit fourteen hours in the truck, and you haven't, the only thing you got out for was, you know. <laughs> just to take care of yourself in a sense, yeah. you know. Yeah. And there's it, very few pu- companies that have the manpower to sh- to. Mm-hmm. schedule the labor of like your 12-hour shifts and you right. know all that kind of stuff it's just not like it's not feasible most of the time because yeah nobody's got the labor to do it you, you know? got you know when it it seems why is it every time i get on the podcast with you guys they always talk about snow I mean, <laughs> i'm in florida right now yeah it's snowed a foot and it, i don't want to think about it it's the I'm juxtaposition guilty. of where we're at versus I, what it's doing somewhere so. else right <laughs> <laughs> well moving on to further topics you get you get to go see your best friend tonight don't you uh, yeah, I'm going to go see, yeah, we're longtime pals, uh, Jordan Peterson, my pal Jordan Peterson here. And if, if you're not familiar with Jordan Peterson, just look him up on YouTube and along about any. It any, is Kayla's best any, friend. Any topic, yeah, Jordan doesn't know it, but we're like best buddies forever, B, you know, BFFs. Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to see that. I don't know what his topic is. What are you looking is, to get out of it? Just I hear don't, him speak? I yeah, mean, just hear him speak. I mean, yeah. anytime he speaks on about any subject, I'm I'm pretty much enthralled with it. So, uh, but, you know, he's, a, he's a, probably one of the, the most – um, impressive modern day thinkers, I think, mm-hmm. of the time that's that's made it mainstream, and uh, things he's done for people. Just, I mean, just helping people through and help. He's helped me be a better communicator and and understand how to. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, buddy. Um, Did he get like the pool hot? Looks like we're back in I think, back I hope in so. shape here. So. Your, your wife told Good me to deal. make sure he doesn't yeah. leave until you need it's to go hot because yeah. she's going to kill me. <laughs> she said she will. He stuck his hand and gave me a thumbs. You want to okay. go check? I'm going to I'm going to take out his. Well, let me uh, go check because my butt's on the line. I'm going to yeah. Be right you back. are on the line. Yeah, I'll let her. Mur- I'll let her slaughter John on, if that's wrong. But, <laughs> but no. So yeah. So I. So he's just. Um, he's a. You know. He's a. I, I don't know if philosopher is the right the right thing, but uh, profound communicator. He really yeah. is, and he he just thinks things through, and and just has has just deep meaningful thought to about any topic. And he's a Canadian guy, and uh, yeah, could you hit my ears up just a little bit? They yeah. seem like really you low for some bit. reason. Um, there, oh, thank you. That's way better. It's crazy how that makes a difference. It makes you, all you the know, difference. If you, you get get that. I don't know why that matters. And I've never. I don't understand how the some people do podcasts and don't even wear headsets. They just talk into the mic without anything. Yeah, I, I need. Well, it. without I guess if you didn't have headsets on totally, you could still hear. Yeah. you know your your own volume I level. Guess so, that makes I, sense. But yeah, I was feeling muffled, so I felt like I needed to talk louder or whatever. So I don't know. There's there's something to that. The hot some, tub's still cold. You're you, I, you just signed me up for a bruising. Well, that's you know it won't last too long. She know. she doesn't have a lot. She's tired. Too after yeah, a while. Okay. yeah. She she can only swing a big bat for so long. So, um, but the uh, but yeah. So anyway, just really excited. And what am I looking to get out of it? I think just the experience yeah. of somebody I've looked up to for for a couple of years now. I think, and uh, and like I said, just YouTube Jordan Peterson and and see what see what comes up. But. He says really common sense stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but he has a message that I think most folks need to hear. Ultimately, if I was 25 percent as had 25 percent of the articulation that he had with his mannerisms and just the right. speaking, it's just amazing how <laughs> I'd be cool then. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> you were saying he's a he's a big communicator, and I feel like that's something that you can take into your into your business and entrepreneurship and talk about. Communication is key in everything. 
uh, in life. You and, have, yeah. and especially if you're going to be running a business, you're dealing with clients every day, like selling jobs. That's a huge thing. So even if you, you can go listen to him and learn, like you're not just going to hang out with a, or not literally hang out, but see a guy that you've looked up to. You're going to like learn and get some brain food for that communication because, and you always talk, you're the one that always talks about, man, I'm so excited to have you on the show because I quote you on this show probably more than anybody else. Anybody that listens to this show regularly <laughs> knows I always talk about everything, some some quotes you bring up here and there, and you always talk about the books you read, and it's the, the uh, you always talk about the communication. What Which one, you have a communication book that you like? Uh, I mean, one that I always, it's an old-time classic, Dale Carnegie, is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's you know, kind of just mandatory reading in my opinion i think every high schooler should read it but it, what it, what that book really distills down to is just like talking you know treat others how they want to be treated not necessarily how you want to be treated right and so like it, the book has got like old-timey references because it was written you know 1980 years ago <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't even know a long time i ago. think it's the copyright's 32 for real yeah it's old and uh and it's like if you'd like a copy of it you know send a nickel to you know <laughs> yeah. wherever you know that doesn't exist anymore but um, it, it really is just about, like, if you're trying to understand your clients and they have, like, a little vegetable garden, talk to them about their vegetable Or figure yeah. out what they want to talk about and what their be it model trains or their golf habit or their kids or grandkids, whatever. Talk about that with them and build rapport that way. you got to be honest and genuine about it. You can't just be blowing be smoke. Yeah. Um, but, you know, find out what they want to talk about and let them talk about it. And, and that, that will build, you know, that's part of the building friends thing there. It's a big deal. Yeah, I believe it. John, do you have anything to second that with? Read that book. Read it's that a book. very good one. Uh, but, yeah, you know, treating people, I, I still think I treat people the way I want to be treated, but s- similar to what Caleb was saying, when you find that little interest that they are that they have, that hobby or whatever it might be, you know, they it opens up the doors, to, especially if you're running a small business. Uh, they'll look to you and they'll, They'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to them because I trust them. Yeah. Even though the market might be saturated with a million. Just because you discuss things. That you Just because did. if you discuss things with somebody. Um, there's one guy in particular that we have we have several customers that I talk to personally. But, um, you know, like whenever we get to the property, they are always trying to show, me, show off their vehicles. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in vehicles, too. So I'm like, yeah. Let's take a look at that. I have a genuine interest in it, but at the same time, even if I did not, I would still take the time to take a look at it because I see it's important to them, and it's not like I'm trying to weasel, you know, be scummy or anything. It's right. like a sincere. You're actually sincere. Yeah. It's sincere. You know, I have sympathy, empathy. I have those characteristics. I always want people to feel good, especially when they're around me. And uh, well, it's a desire to build a good relationship mm-hmm. with people, right? And so you you talk to them about what they want to talk about, and that's how you build a good relationship. So I genuinely and earnestly want to have a good relationship with whoever. So I'm going to let them talk about what they like to talk about, right? And then <coughs> on the flip side of it, when you build that rapport and you build that trust, if you're going to sell them something, or even if you just mention like, oh yeah, we you know we could clean your pool or whatever whatever your uh scope of work is you could pretty much upsell them without even upselling them yeah, yeah. which is nice you know absolutely just say you know i'm thinking about doing this or whatever and then you could you know especially with those clients you could find out if there's really a true market for it um i know that that's like a it kind of diverts from what we were talking about but at the same time it, it all these little things can blossom into other opportunities absolutely Caleb, while I got you on here, I actually want to ask you a specific question. This is one that somebody asked me on Instagram, uh, and I, I I wanted to – well, I want to take this time, and while I'm with these – y'all that have had businesses for 10, 15-plus years, you have a lot of uh, wealth under your, under your belt, a lot of knowledge, and, John, you can give some input on this as well. But mm-hmm. the question <laughs> is, if you could start from scratch knowing what you know now, what would your blue for, blueprint for success be? Hmm. And I know you've <laughs> gone through – there's Paul Jamison. Paul Jamison in the house. Coming back from the beach, but <laughs> he looks like he enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He got he's in he's in better spirits than he was this morning. Yeah. Got some good vitamin D. But, exactly. Um start from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would your blueprint blueprint for success be? Um 
I, I think, oh, gee, that's such a. It's a, it's a, that's a broad question. Yeah, it's very broad, and just how many points can I, you know, how, yeah, well, how many we, points? But like, I think the big thing is just going into it. A having, you know, having an understanding of how to sell and how to build relationships. Right, um, that's a big thing. Knowing how to do some of the work you're doing, but then yeah. also like having some financial knowledge. Right, knowing. Wh- how are we going to make this a, a profitable venture? What are we reading? What are we doing to make whatever we're venturing into a profitable venture? Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to go into it without a, a tremendous load of debt or crushing debt. And if we're going to quit a, a full-time job at the moment, uh, you know, to start a, 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 a passion or a new venture, like try to bank up as much money as you can prior to that so things are less stressful. Be sure to talk to your family and friends. or Well, actually your family, really, that's all. Uh, you know about like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make a run at this. I'm gonna pretty much kill myself for the next you know 12 months to get this thing off the ground, and uh, we'll, I'll, I will always take Sundays for the family, but I'm probably gonna work a lot of Saturdays moving forward. And just communicating with your spouse and your children, and having them understand like, hey, what we're doing and why we're doing this. We're doing this. Uh, we're gonna work like dogs for the next year, so that uh, you know, moving forward, we can be more flexible with our time mm-hmm. and. Um, doing that kind of stuff and then just rapidly uh, pivoting the business as fast as we possibly can to make it a venture that makes sense and is, is profitable and uh, buying the equipment and tools and whatever that keeps us on that profitable and productive uh, journey and and go from there. So, it, you know, there's there'd probably be a really good... <laughs> probably be a good book or email chain or something to put out would be like, you know, just the top five thing, top 10 things like you need to do. John, what would you say, man? Well, it's kind of funny you bring that up because Paul and I are going to be launching well, the, there you go. the technical guide to running a successful lawn care business soon. Uh, but no, what, it's like you said, it's kind of like a million points of light at one point in time because there's a, there's so many things you could try to focus on to, with all of our experience. You could look at, what you would do, but if you were to, if I were to truly boil it down again, was one know your numbers, which is hard to do when you don't have any experience. Right. But you could get you could get in the ballpark. Right. And always, always, even now, like I know my numbers, but things change. It's not a static. It's not a static thing. It will always change, especially as you your business grows. Yeah. Um. So knowing, comprehending how to figure those things out is going to be incredibly important yeah. to your for all of your expenses. But second, you know, find out okay, if you really want to do what you're going to do, find out if there's a market for it. Everybody says, "Oh yeah, you know, I could always do this and there's always a niche market, but in some places it may not be as important uh and people may not pay for that service even though you want to do it." Yeah. So you would actually become a niche market, but then it's like, okay, if you do that, you got you're not, you may not have the volume going forward. So it's always important to know, like, okay, is there a demand for this? Let's figure that out. If I want to pursue this passion, mm-hmm. or maybe I might have to move. <laughs> and I know that's that seems a bit extreme, but you know, if you want to plow snow, you can't do that from Alabama. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? You can't make a career out of that. You can't make a career out of it. No you, even, you know, when you go up further north, sometimes it's not dependable. If you want to go plow snow forever, go to Minnesota or mm-hmm. the upper planet or the UP of uh, Michigan. Um, but anyway, know your numbers. Make sure there's a market for what you want to do. And then assemble a team as quickly as possible. You know, we, we there's that analogy. You know, you you have that saying, or the the business owner wears all the hats mm-hmm. at first. Try to pass those many of those hats off as you can, as quickly as you can. Even if it's a failure, just replace that person again. I know that sounds harsh, but that's kind of the way you have to approach it because you can't. If you find out somebody's not fit for that job, you as the owner needs to identify that and then you know, put them in a different position mm-hmm. yeah, and get the right people in, in line. That's that alone. I know from my personal experience, sometimes it's, it's easy and there's a lot of times it's a big challenge to find the right people to work within your organization. Find so, the right fit for your company as well. Right. Yeah. You Culture, know, sure the whole bit. Exactly. You know, uh, be, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire. 
is is that's yeah, a, that's another one. It's a big deal. You know, something else I'd add to my my blueprint would be building your brand and your network as fast as you can too. So trying to get to know as many people that are decision makers in your your community and you know get in front of them, build your brand, clean, simple branding that can be recognized at forty five miles an hour driving down the road. You know, FedEx. and just <laughs> yeah, right. And just just building your brand and building your network of people that are going to refer you for the kind of work that you want, and then the people you find that repeatedly refer you for the kind of work you want bend over backwards for them when they need something and give them the best kickbacks that make the most sense for them and their uh, position in life, let's say. Because, yeah. it, you know, I've, I've got very wealthy clients that refer us for some, some really nice stuff. And it's like a gift card to, <laughs> you know, to even this local nicest steakhouse doesn't really mean a lot yeah. to them. But if you can make something for them that they like a Swedish fire log or something that they can mm-hmm. put in their fire pit out there and start a fire real easy or, or you, I mean, you name whatever the thing is that they may not, um, or, you know, just throw in a, a f- bunch of annuals out front. Like, Hey, uh, Mr. Herfin earlier, appreciate the referrals. We threw in some extra begonias here out front. Um, just for, you no know, charge, just want you to know, we appreciate all you do for us. Yeah. And just any way you can return value to them, you know, whatever, or make a donation to some charity in their name. Just any, you know, just anything like that. And I think, <clears throat> I think, to second that is find go back to what something you just said and kind of skimmed over. But I think it's a big point is find the right client for like for who you what the services you want to be doing, and that find somebody who can bring you the business you want to be bring to be doing. Because like in my like in a lawn care case, in my case personally, everybody thinks a realtor is a good connection to have. Mm. In my opinion, I don't really want a realtor because, in my opinion, realtors are going to give me one-off jobs that they need to just cleaned up right before they make a sale, something as like that. As cheap as possible. They as are. cheap as yeah. possible. So, yeah. to me, that's not the client that I want. Now, they might know a lot of people, but I know the work she's going to be giving me is not the – she or he is going to be giving me is not right. the work that I want. Yep. So, make a connection with someone who is going to, like you're saying, refer you to the person you want to – to the kind of work you want to be doing. Yeah, that's and a good – that's a good point because, yeah – yeah, you can get people to throw your work all day, and it's just not it's not, not the work you're looking for. You and know? then if you and if you do that for six months or a year, then you're gonna offend them when you like when you're like, okay, I don't really need your like. How do you go to them and say I don't need your stuff anymore? Like, mm-hmm. well, what when that, when it comes to that, if that's what you got to do to get your feet, you know, feet off the ground is once you reach that point where you you're that's not your style of work anymore, and you you go to them and say, hey, we're beginning to phase out of yeah. this style of work. Yeah. Um, here is so and so's number. This is a great start. You know, this is great for them. I would recommend you call them for this kind of stuff. Keep us in mind for X, Y, Z, wherever we're going yeah. or whatever. Or, you know, we're looking for, you know, existing homeowners that, you know, aren't, you know, so budget conscious and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you say it with respect and grace. And you say, here, call call Bob. He's going to take awesome care of you. Give the customer right. options. And pass value on to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what we did when we were, trans- you know, transitioning from mowing and we were doing applications and mowing to essentially just applications. Mm-hmm. So we basically did the same thing. And we had like three three uh, referrals to just pass out. We're like, look, if, you know, if they were in this town, we would refer this guy. If it was, you know, we had their back. We yeah. had them covered. Uh, we still, like, there's some people that still get grandfathered in just because they've been with us forever. But uh, for the most part... Yeah, it's exactly that was the tactic we used to transition. Do you want to keep the cash flowing this winter? Head over to LauntrepreneurAcademy.com and check out all of Brian Fullerton's new courses and powerful resources to get you cashing in on that white gold through plowing snow. The snow plowing training course is easy to understand and you'll learn what it takes to do the job effectively and how to bid, price, and estimate snow plowing for both residential and commercial properties. LauntrepreneurAcademy.com has three new resources to take the hassle and guesswork out of securing your snow removal jobs, plus there's eye-catching marketing materials that can help you secure new clients quickly. Ready to crush the snow game this year? Visit LauntrepreneurAcademy.com or use the link in the podcast description. Sure. On back to the blueprint discussion here. Um, this is actually a topic we covered during the live stream last night. Uh, it was if you missed it, go check it out. It was on Brian's uh, and Caleb. We all were live too, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Yep, we were live. Too. So it's on both y'all's Instagram channels. But it was a topic that I didn't really get to give much input on because we just talked about it, and moved on. But um, we were talking about 
route density. And mm-hmm. and that's something – what is your take on route density, even in your business? Because, like, for, for a lawn care landscaping company, we obviously want to be within 5 to 10, 15 miles. I mean, within 30 minutes, generally. Yeah. Your, you want your whole route within 30 minutes. As you, as a as a hardscaper, doing bigger projects, how how does your route density come into play? Like, and how how far are you willing to go for some jobs? The uh, on the hardscape end of things that we're that's the primary portion of our business. Um, we we stay within Fairfield County generally at the most a thirty forty minute drive at the most, and most of our work anymore, honestly or frankly, is within you know ten minutes of our shop, which is awesome. Which we we try to stay centrally located in that regard. Uh, our stormwater uh, commercial work division, we we travel all over the state of Ohio for that. That's we travel two hours for that, two and a half hours, you know, whatever. The the that is we price that travel time into the work though, and uh, we tra- we price that into the work, and we just if we get the job cool, if not, that's okay. Yeah. Now that work, everybody for the most part is traveling, so that that pricing is pretty much in everybody's uh, you know proposals or whatever. But, you know, on the hardscape end, no, we need to stay stay pretty local because the farther we get and the more travel time we put into the job for that residential client, they begin to lose value of the project. Yeah. You know, when we could be giving them more value for, you know, the amount for what they're actually getting built. Uh, say we've got to drive an extra half hour a day or you whatever. you clock all that time in. No, and so what they wanted for forty five grand might really be only about you know, forty, you know, thirty-seven thousand yeah. dollars worth of value because they're paying for you know almost seven grand worth of travel. Yeah, and and you that sounds crazy, but you know you're running three guys in a truck. You know, for you have to make money. You, yeah, it's got to be time it's recovered and it's billable time that we could do a local closer job. Now I'm sure there'll be a time where it's like there's not as much work and there's not you know we you know we may have to you know change our perspective a little bit at some point but. but i think what you just talked about is key that if you do start traveling you just make sure and you don't start losing money on that travel time you have to mm-hmm. you, you can't drive an hour and a half to a job and not not and recuperate not recognize that yeah that's somebody's paying for that uh, you know we, tr- we, st- we try to have our guys meet on site as much as possible so a yeah. foreman will grab a truck and come in but our guys we try to have our guys meet on site you know, and that way they're getting their 40 hours, but it's on that job it's on, site. Yeah. It's not 30 hours on that job site and 10 hours a week of drive time per guy. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what we try blessing. to do. It's it's uh, it's not a blessing. It's well, it's a, a, a strategy. Yeah, I guess I could say, it. but but in our industry, there's no way to do it. There's no way to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and but and that, so and so the necessity of that is is you have to be route routes. dense. Yeah. You just have to be or. Your margins, you're just going to watch your margins slip away. And I think r- tight routes go hand-in-hand hand with being involved in your local community. Mm-hmm. That's when y'all were discussing that last night about in the kids' schools, putting up banners on the sports fields, being in the local parades, whatever. Getting your name out there in your community is going to help you build that route density. Yeah, absolutely. And just having a, a well-searched and optimized website and being clear on your website and whatever, you only service XYZ neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, I think Naylor Talaferro, Lunker Rookie, he's got – uh, his voicemail says specifically, like, hey, we service these, these four neighborhoods, neighborhoods yeah. and that's it. And, like, that weeds people out right there. Yeah. Like, you're not having to return a phone call. Oh, I'm sorry. we don't. Right there, that weeds people out. I'm sure people still, well, I mean, we're right next door. Can't you? And Rookie's pretty mm-hmm. strict on that as far as I know, which is great. But you have to be because if you, you're never going to set up a good service here if you're not strict about if it. If you break those rules. And yeah. the whole blueprint thing is what we're discussing. That is a blueprint in your business, for, for in my opinion, is when you start out, that's when you need to be building your route density, not three years down the road. Because in my case, I started out bad. I started out mm-hmm. going 45, 50 minutes apart. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm having did that for years, and now I'm having to weed back down to that 15, 20-minute area. So don't start – if you have a yard that's 30 minutes away and somebody calls you and it's five more minutes away – Say no immediately. You have to. Because it's if tough. you take that you one, to. you're going to take the no, next five minutes. Committed. And then the next five minutes. And then you're going to be 45 minutes away. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. That's right. And I know. I mean, it's, it's stuff that everybody talks about all the time. But it's just so – I've heard it over and over and over again. And I just want to get it out there to anybody who's starting mm-hmm. out there. Don't start that way. You're, it's Sometimes it's a little difficult uh, for guys to grasp that. It, yeah. But it's scary. It, it, to st- it, it's scary, too, because you're like, well, am I going to have enough work in my area? Right. You're, you're you're coming into the industry, and you're like, okay, we got, we got to get work. we got to get work. You know, when we had our mowing routes established originally, we were kind of like, oh, yeah, we'll go here because this town is eh, it's right on the border. And it's just like you had just said where, oh, we're right next door. 
and, but it's actually in a different town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When we had, we first started, I think we were in eight different towns. Yeah. We, and that we had a Eight car- different business licenses. Exactly. We had eight yeah. different business licenses just for the contractor's licenses. And it was like, man, you know, we, we only have like one in this town. Why yeah. are we doing this? Well, because if we don't, we get a 2000 It's like a $2,000 fine. Yeah. And then it's like, at one point, it's just like, enough's enough. But we if you got one yard that generates you 1000 bucks a year... And yeah. you pay a $100 business license fee, then what? You got 10% of your profit wrapped up in one exactly. business license. It, which doesn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, also, you know, you have to, with your insurance writers and everything, we'd have to have a specific uh, writer on our on every yeah. um, thing to include that town. And it, it, yeah, it just gets to be uh, excessive. But, you know, after, a f- you know, Two years doing that, it's like you just take that area and just shrink it down and shrink it down and shrink it down. I'm sorry, Miss Johnson. I know you're a wonderful person and everything's great and those apple pies that you make are great. I love them, but we got another guy that's yeah. going to take you over. Yeah, you know, and you got to condense on that. Um, so yeah, even if you're trying to go backwards, I if for anybody that's just starting out, don't just. Sometimes you have to take work just to take it, but if it if it's going to become a routine thing, really just target one area. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to say yes to everything mm-hmm. because one of the most powerful words you could learn to use is no. It's hard. It's hard to say no sometimes. But once you get it and you you the you, hardest you two get letters comfortable. To say. Yeah, once you get comfortable with it, it becomes much easier. Yeah. That's the turning turning work down or turning down opportunities that aren't really the right opportunities. Paper King up in Canada says uh, you make the most money on the work you turn down. Yeah, and it's uh, it's that's always that's always sat with me funny, and it's it's true. I believe we we had uh, this kind of goes back to snow too, but we had uh, an HOA. It was a huge HOA that we used to take care of, and but it was forty five minutes away. And, but the money was good. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was instead, kind of like what Caleb did, of having guys meet on site instead of towing the trailers and everything over there, I I got a storage unit that was literally right across the street from it. So all the guys had to do was get in a truck, drive there with no equipment, open up the the storage unit, and they could ride the mowers and everything over there. And that was key during the winter time because. You know, they could take the snow throwers, they could take the buggy and everything. They could just drive from the storage unit. There was no trailers so involved. Transport at all. So yeah, we yeah. didn't have to transport everything. It was it cut down on the the overhead for that particular work. Um, but you know, when they decided to restructure and go with a different company, I was like, well, no skin off my back. I didn't buy a place over here. It's like, hey, here we go. The storage unit, we're handing it back over. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's just another option, just in case you get stuck in that trap. Mm-hmm. You might want to look at. That's not, unique. I've never, I never yeah. heard of that one. Instead of, instead of being centralized, uh, you can, you can, you can be kind of diverse and have like, you know what, this, even though we're located in this town, the more profitable works over here. So instead of working from home or having your home as home base, you've put the work, you, you put your satellite yeah closer to where you're going to be working mm-hmm. and you know that i always tell people i say if you're you just because you live somewhere doesn't mean you have to work there so it might be beneficial for some people to go they might drive the 45 minutes out but if there are satellites out there and they could pick up the trailer the equipment whatever it is and then leave from there mm-hmm. and have all the guys meet them there it's going to cut down on your overhead expenses for. I'll tell you that's last case scenario. Yeah. Though I wouldn't want to do that. Right, would, but yeah. but what I'm saying, you know, there's a few areas up by us where guys live in a certain area and they feel like they have to work there, and they're just getting they're scraping by. They're dealing with those cust- the the not ideal customers yeah. where everything you do, they're like, "Is there a way to knock a couple bucks off? Can't you do this real quick for extra? Can you cut that bush? You know, you're here already. It's like, n- yeah." You know, yeah. the, the, the difficult clients, you know, <laughs> they're more customers than clients. That's a tough thing. Well, what, I mean, what, what would you say about that? If you were in an area that you don't think you could generate work, would you just move? I mean, would you try to find a different area to 
live in? I mean, or would you make that that trap that build a shop satellite and just drive to that every day? That's a tough. I've never put a lot of thought into it. I've got some. I got a, a friend back home, but they run a family a long a long term family company um, in pretty much in Columbus. There Ohio. goes the concrete. There we go. <laughs> oh my what? gosh! That's only two and a half hours, hours late. Yeah, yeah, that's all. The uh, but they what they run they run kind of that concept. They work uh, just almost downtown Columbus, Ohio, and they live down by me, which is about thirty minutes southeast of Columbus. And uh, and their their location is you know just ten minutes from where they work primarily in this one neighborhood in, in Columbus, Ohio. And that's what they do. They didn't want to build a lawn route down by us. But, it, again, their business was established there for 50-some years. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you've got to, depending on, you, you've just got to be willing to either figure out what sacrifice you're willing to make. I mean, I know folks that live down in the down in the hills, down, down by us at work in Columbus, and they just they make that commute every day. It just is what it is, and that's part of the price they pay to live down in God's country, you know, and out of the big city. I think it's part of just what, what uh, what are you willing to do to do yeah. what you want to do, and then how serious are you going to be about it? Now, I, I definitely would be uh, in favor of like, and it's, it's the philosophy we we have when we build our shop or we're building our shop is like, and I went back and forth with this on Brit, but I this is something I picked up from Todd Pugh and Abirescapes was like you're better off to spend more money for your shop facility closer to mm-hmm. town or your work area because you're going to pay guys, you're going to make up the difference in that mortgage you buy cheap residential country land you're gonna pay those guys to drive in town you know mm-hmm. in a company truck and you're gonna pay that extra couple thousand bucks a month that you would in mortgage you're just gonna pay it in windshield time which yeah. builds nothing right. no builds you no, no net worth no equity nothing and uh so we we held out for a long time to make to find the right piece of property that's relatively close to the um uh, you know to the highway and to our work area and we stuck it out and finally found something and but you're getting a shop in 2022 aren't we're you we're building a shop uh with permits and everything should clear here in the next uh week or so and we're putting sticks in the air as soon as uh, as soon as those suckers clear so that's a whole that's a whole uh whole big uh Hardscape venture academy, itself and social yeah, media hub yep exactly yeah, it'll be it'll be the home of uh the hardscape academy which will be a non in-person training school and then also uh Offices will have a podcast room and YouTube room, and then of course our offices and conference room. It's available for rent. And that There'll kind be of a stuff. helipad on the roof. And helipad, not on the roof, but out in the yard, out in the, the field. Yard. We are going to have a helipad out there. It, it's uh, <laughs> just for fun. We joke it's for Brian Fullerton's helicopter, but when he comes visit, but uh, that's going to be something. Uh, it's going to be a really neat place. The, the helipad, we're literally going to put it in, but it's just for. <laughs> it's just 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 to say, there's a helipad here. Hey, maybe you, know, you, you can go to the county and be like, "Look, we added this for you. This is some." I know, right? Well, it's uh, don't forget the dock for the yacht because that's you know. Yeah, we're not exactly. Uh, we're, gonna have to dr- we're gonna have to dredge out a slip to yeah, get that just thing up say, in there. Yeah, so that we're we're a little little we, ways out from that. But, but see, but. you need the helipad so that you could transport the yacht into the dry dock. Well, that yeah, that way we can get yeah the passengers because it's going to be totally landlocked. But hey, <laughs> you got one. <laughs> yeah, when Bezos comes to visit, yeah. he can uh, just park his yacht in Buckeye Lake. Get, your, and get yourself a cargo bob so you could carry big, heavy stuff to and from the. Uh, or when Peterson flies <laughs> in on his helicopter. Yeah, when <laughs> Peterson <laughs> visits, you know yeah, that kind of stuff to hang out. So, but yeah, so I mean that was that was a, a guiding light for me in the because pro- Britt kept finding this land that was out farther than I wanted to do, farther than I wanted to do, and and she was like. It was driving her crazy. I was like, nah, it's too far out. It's too far out. It's not commercially zoned, you know, mm-hmm. all that. It's like, nah, we, we need to stay the course. And, and the right piece is out there. Whether or not we can afford it, it's another thing. But You think the patience was worth it? Absolutely, 1,000%. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Now, the only, the, other, other, the only other caveat to that is, like, being as we're building the facility, which is cool because you can custom build it to your liking, we had to do a zoning change, and we had yeah. to do all this other stuff. There is merit for finding a building that's maybe a little more than what you want to spend already built, already ready to go, and you don't have to deal with all the crap that we're going to deal with here for the next 12 months building a facility. Because yeah. we're going to GC it and handle a lot of it ourselves. Mm. Uh, there is something to say for just turnkey building where you just walk in, move your stuff in, and you're there. Just like ha- flipping houses. There's, yeah. It's for some people, and for some people it's not. Some people want to move into a house that needs everything, and some people want to move into a house that they flip a light switch and everything's right. painted, and they can just move their stuff in and be done. Yep. And so that's a it's a small on a smaller level it's a comparison there but yeah well it's yeah I mean it's you get to customize it though that's the thing I mean that, I think that's I think that's a lot of benefit to it yeah everything, without a doubt and everything can be new and you know we're set up for the next 
10, 20, 30 the years. The boss is going to get definitely. a heated floors. Yeah, the office is going to have uh, heated radiant flooring, and then in the in one of the work bay areas, we're going to run radiant flooring through that. So it'd be nice to we're going to go from having like the worst winter working conditions for equipment because we're just out on a gravel lot, you know, changing all on your back in a winter time to in gravel. To now we're gonna have like a heated floor facility yeah. to change oil and do all that kind of get stuff fixed in the winter that we have been neglecting for my whole career. Yeah, you know, and it like getting gen- that international painted. Gen- yeah, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> get it in somewhere warm. Now we actually paint it, and nobody's like getting frostbite trying to get things done. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm re- I'm excited to see the process. It's uh, it's one of those things I wish as cool as the process will be. It was supposed to start in the fall. You know, the building process and all that, and then, like, the closing on the land got delayed, and then builder got delayed, and just all this other stuff, you know. And so this all is supposed to take place during the winter where we're going to get back, and it's going to be mid-February, and we're starting, and we're getting into busy season. Yeah. And that's, like, the worst time. So part of me wishes I could just flip a switch, or if I had the budget to just pay a contractor to finish it out 100%, but that's that's not reality. Yeah. We're just going to have to... We're going to have to put some, some equity into it. And it might age you 10 or 15 years, but yeah, it'll be worth it. It, it might. We'll see. I don't know, man. It's it's going to be an interesting process. So, yeah, you can, you can, you can check that out on all our social stuff. It'll be we'll, be we'll be sharing all that world away and seeing how it goes. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Well, John, what would you leave us with? If you had one piece of business advice, what would you leave us with? Go listen to some Jordan Peterson. <laughs> there you go. That's not bad. Yeah, just type in Jordan Peterson yeah. communication in YouTube, yeah. and that'll that'll bring you up some stuff that help you for sure. Really, just I I would say just try to absorb as much as you can. It, it's a it's kind of a double edged sword because you want to stay focused, mm-hmm. get things done, but you can never learn enough. Just be leery or be cautious about where you get your information from. Yeah. That's probably the best advice I could have. Um, there's some great resources out there. there people, there's some great people out there that do good things, but they're not as popular as some other people are that give not such good advice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of it just, just kind of if something doesn't feel right, don't go with it. To piggyback on that, my my last my final. My final question for you, this is what we always do on the show to end the shows, is um, you're going to say Caleb's going to get lucky. He gets to think about his for a minute. I'm going to hit you with it right off the bat, though. Mm-hmm. What is your why? My why? Yeah. Because my family. <laughs> you know, that's every, yeah. it doesn't matter what I do. I'm like a uh, hermit crab in a sense. Mm-hmm. I, will, I, will, I have changed industries several times. I always end up coming back to the green industry for some reason. Uh, I think that's God's path for me is just to lead me down and then to help people achieve what they want to do. Um, but really my why is it's God and family. That's just to satisfy them is yeah. what makes me the happiest. You could give me, you could like this, this house is wonderful. You could give this to me, but if I didn't have my family with me, I would not want it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, that's good. Everybody's answer is different. That's why mm-hmm. I always. That's why I like that question because it could be the same answer, but it means something different to everyone. Somebody mm-hmm. can say their family, but to you, it means something different than to somebody else. Sure. Yeah. So. The why? Yeah. Um, the why? Yeah. See, it's a, there's a lot of thoughts. So it's a, it's a I hard had, one, well, I had, I had that like lined out, and then you know, he the, threw it at me, so you give it a couple I, seconds to I think know, about right? it, and like, I still got nothing. But yeah. no, I think the the my why is I I enjoy, I really enjoy just building a business, building my own little empire, you know, and of course, you know, the, the purpose of that is, you know, family and trying to have something secure and stable for, uh, you know, our long being or our our longevity and our, you know, our hopefully flexibility of time that we can go do things and, uh, make up, you know, we still got to work probably the same amount, but, you know, we can take a couple days and go do something. Maybe I work a little later, something make up for it, or maybe, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, co- you know, cover for it somehow. But the the big thing I think is just I really like being able to be flexible with my time. But I've really enjoyed building a company now that, especially over the years now, where things are getting better and better, where I can start really delegating more and more things to different people. You know, we've got a media guy now that that gets our editing done for us, and it's not killing me there. And we just keep adding people to build slowly, build this this little empire of ours. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it's really all just for you know, family ultimately and, and just stability and, and, uh, 
you know, do what you love, you never work a day in your life, that kind of that kind of cliche. But, I mean, really, it's like it's just I, I don't know what else I'd do other than farming and ranching. That's like my, my other thing. Like, yeah. I'd rather do that, frankly, but it's just not in the cards. So build, building our little uh, little – our little empire, that's our that's yeah. our thing, man. I like it. I like it. There's nothing e- – each answer is just as good as the other one, and, and everyone's There's no wrong answer no, when it comes not. to that. But it, I've learned a lot from people's why because it, it gives perspective on the the time that you put in, the time that you're about to spend in the shop and the, and the building and the money that's about to go into it. Why do you do all that? Why why would you do that? Why would you not just go turn, buy a turnkey place? Because you get to customize. You get to build this for your family. And in two, three, four, ten years, kids are going to be able to go hang out there and bring friends over and have a good time. And like you're saying, it just you build your little empire. And I, I, I like it. It's a, I, I just love hearing everybody's answer. That's, that's pretty much why, why I ask it. <laughs> well, what, what's your why then, Jeremiah? Nobody's ever turned it back on me. I've I was been, just going to say this. I'm like, what? damn Caleb getting that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever turned it back on me. Um, so... I actually have thought about this a lot. My why for my landscaping business is to, one, provide for my family, obviously, and um, I want to create financial freedom for myself and my family because that's not something that I grew up in. So I want to change the the my heirs to come, I guess, you whatever. You're going to change your family tree. Yeah, family tree. I, I want to set up something better uh, for them. Not that what I grew up in was bad by any means. We always had everything we needed. Right. But I want a different lifestyle. So um, work extremely hard in that aspect, uh, and that's probably my why for that. Why for the podcast? Why do I do this? Because I want to help anyone out there who's in the entrepreneurship journey and doesn't know where to go. And they're just the basic things of things that I wish I would have known four years ago when I started out because – uh, as much as we promote, as much as we go, there's still people that don't know about us. There's people that are right down the road within 10 miles of us. If you went up to them, they would not know who Brian is. They would not know who you are. And they would be like, what? There's podcasts about this stuff? And for me, that's huge because I was that guy. I mean, I, literally, I've only been in this so, quote-unquote social media industry for like 14, 16 months at the most. Um, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know anything about it. And y'all have been doing it for what? You've been doing Instagram for years. I've long Paul's time, been doing yeah. his podcast for years. Um, and I had no clue. So for me, it's I want to give back what little bit of advice that I've learned from from you all, from local people in my community that have helped me, uh, mentors, pastors in my life that have helped me, and just any, anything that I learn, I want to give back because it's it's stuff that I wish I would have known when I started out, and, it, and it's stuff that can help other people from making the same mistakes that I did. Hmm. So that that's that's my why. Heck yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I, I enjoy it. So it's a good time. It, I really love being here. Thanks to the Hardscape Academy, Caleb Allman, Brittany Allman there. Put a lot of work and time into that, I know. And they and our gracious sponsors. They and Launchpreneur Academy, along with Brian and Liz, are sponsoring the, the whole Hype House venture here. So every piece of content that you hear uh, from this week has been brought to you by them. And I, I just it's it's an honor to be here. It is. It, I, I'm gonna thank y'all personally. We got the boss sitting over here in her seat by herself, and wish I had a headset. I wish you could have hopped on here. But thank you to to both of you personally from from my heart, from Savannah's mm-hmm. heart, letting us come and creating this stuff because um, it changed my life. It changed the perspective of what my business is gonna do. It, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's one of those things that it. I have guys every now and then message me and say, "Hey, we loved the show today. It was great." And I know y'all get that a lot, but I'll tell you personally, it changed. Some of the content that you've put out, some of the content that Brian has put out, has changed, I think, my family generation. Uh, my family tree, what's behind me to come, is because I've heard what I've heard, and now it's enabling me to have a small voice in the community and some things carry, that I've learned. Carry so. it on down the line, man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. Thank you to y'all. Thank you to Entrepreneur thank Academy. Thank you for that. That's, yes. thank, that. I tell you, that that is one of the payoffs right there, right? Because there's no real money in podcasting so no. far. <laughs> no. Yeah. But to no. hear, you know, when you hear guys say that, we, we do hear that, you know, once in a while. And it that, that really does make it worth it. You're like, you really, you know, what, and that's one of the, you know, Jordan Peterson things is like, what, you know, what is a, a man's highest charge, right? And it's, yeah. it's to take care of his family and to, Make society better in whatever little way you can. And right there, it's like, man, I'm fulfilling my highest charge. Yeah. And that's that's so cool to hear. You so might not you. have a million dollars to go buy somebody a new house or a car or whatever, but 
just your words or your advice. And sometimes like, I wouldn't help somebody anyway. Yeah, no. right. Because you got to you've got to you've got to fix your own path. Yeah, or you've got to clear your own path. And so, like, if you give the person the right machete or tool to clear their path, so that they're you know again the people that come behind them have a, a safer, more stable place to walk. Yeah. you know that's 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 our job is. Uh, you know, either leaders of the family or leaders of your organization, whatever the case is, right? Or just leaders in society. Yeah. So, yeah, man, charge forward. If sometimes, too, if you, somebody gets something and they didn't have to work for it, they don't appreciate it as much. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been times where, you know, Brittany and uh, Caleb have, ref- they with the hardscape, uh, what I used to call it, <laughs> the uh, alphas, no. the almond landscape, uh <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, I forgot the. <laughs> I, I made something up so that it was funny for them. But anyway, they they had sponsored several people. Yeah, uh, they got the my course for free. Yeah, and those were the people that never followed through and never followed up. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's a guy that's like, dude, it took me two months to scrape up enough money to get your coaching. You'd be the most diligent. But they they were extremely diligent, and they're the ones that call me back like six months later, and they're like. We did it. We hit the goal we were supposed to. Our budget actually worked, and we're, we're, we're charging the right amount. And it's like, see, that guy, you know, just going back to it, if you do something for somebody, it may not be as rewarding. It just it really depends on the person. You could buy somebody a new truck, and they'd be like, yeah, that's great. I'm going to go get a Dodge now instead of this Chevy you gave me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it, I, I really agree with you that, you know, you could trailblaze for people. But you can't necessarily do all the work all yeah. the time. Absolutely, absolutely. They, they don't need to have things handed to them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's a, that's the key principle in all aspects of life. So, John, where can we find you on social media, man? On Facebook, uh, there's John Pajak Financial Coaching. On Instagram, it's John Pajak, and you could also find the programs that I offer at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Awesome. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you. I appreciate it very much, Caleb. Uh, just all our stuff, any all of our stuff uh, at Almond Landscape on Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. We're there. Branding, baby. Branding. Trying to keep it simple. Same thing everywhere. Yep, so. you got it. Go check them out. Again, huge thank you, Hardscape Academy, Launchpreneur Academy, for putting this event on. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, would you give it a big thumbs up and uh, leave us a little rating or review there in the description section, and it will really help the, the podcast algorithm shoot us up and get us out there to a bigger community so we can continue to grow it one relationship at a time. And uh, we're signing off from the Hype House 2022 here in Tampa Bay, Florida. We'll catch up with everyone here on the next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. We know you have many other podcast options to choose from, and don't take it for granted that you chose to spend some time with us today. You can connect with Jeremiah Jennings at Growing Green Landscapes on Instagram or use the link in the show description. Don't forget to smash the follow button on the podcast and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We hope you crush it in your business and hope to catch you on our next episode.